The vision received was that of blood cells traveling throughout the body, supplying the much-needed oxygen and other nutrients to the differing members of the body to fulfill their purpose. Once the blood cells are spent, they must return back to the heart to be refilled before being sent out again and fulfill their purpose. Do you guys uh, have anything to add? Or shall we go to our next topic of the day? All right. Music. <laughs> That's our next one, music. Is it the next one? Is that what I said? Yeah, I did. I did. I did put music next. Yeah, so. I think we should have the taboos together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. So, uh, music. Um, I've done enough talking. Somebody else talk. Who wants to jump in on this one? We're doing the double Dutch. Who's jumping in? And to initiate, uh, music is an powerful tool in our world. Uh-huh. It has the ability to change your mood, mm-hmm. um, the way you perceive things, you watch movies, they, uh, they orchestrate the music That's to convey right. emotion. That's if it's right. an action, you want the music to be action. If it's a, you know, a, uh, an emotional time, they make the music, you know, mm-hmm. uh, more somber. So you, you reflect on that and that music has so much influence over us in our emotions. Um, and the important thing as believers is that music is also a great tool that we use to connect with the Lord. Mm-hmm. Scripture is very clear about making merry within yourselves, mm-hmm. singing songs, singing spiritual songs unto the Lord. Um, and in the Old Testament, they had instruments as well that they had in the temple and giving worship to the Lord. Um, that music has this, uh, has this power in, in the world, both spiritually and in the natural, we think it sounds good. That's the natural part, but spiritually, and that there is music that will influence us to, you know, worship God. You're singing songs of praise. You're not thinking about murdering somebody because, well, <laughs> you're singing, "Oh, the Lord is good. Bless the Lord, all my soul." You know, you're repeating things. Yeah. You're getting things in your ears. Mm-hmm. You know, um, what what you're feeding yourself basically comes out. Right. Um, and so, whereas believers. You know, there's the question, what kind of music should we be listening to? Is it only Christian music we're allowed to listen to? Is there wiggle room? Or even as young people, what can I listen to? Is it wrong to listen to certain genres? Is listening to heavy metal going to send me to hell? Or like, So it's that question, what can I get away with? Right. <laughs> Again, yeah. Yeah, but I then, remember thinking that way. Right. And then the, question, the question also is, is, you know, who defines what is right or wrong? Mm-hmm. Because scripture isn't clear about oh country music's a-okay or <laughs> hip-hop is bad you know there's nothing in scripture that'll say a certain genre right um <laughs> so i think it's i think it's very by fun. the way it's, it's good to note uh that uh amber is our is our oh, youth <laughs> uh not our youth our our kind of our, our praise and worship leader along with uh I guess Chris. I guess he's doing the music side, he's and you're music, doing yeah. the yeah, yeah. songs. And song. So uh, she'll probably have a, a good deal to say on this. <laughs> but no pressure, no pressure. Go ahead, Michael. Uh, Malaga. As as young people, you have to look at everything that we're talking about today mm-hmm. has to be viewed in the same manner. Mm-hmm. Does it glorify God? Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, that's that's all it's about, and that you can one please your flesh, or you. Glorify God. 
this it's really two things that's the black and white right um that's the litmus test that's how you know uh what you're doing and, and the reason for it so as young people even before i'm married there's certain things that are not beneficial for single young people mm-hmm. hearing romantic songs that <laughs> glorify <laughs> sex of which you should not be engaging in or sexual acts like that's not for you yeah that has nothing to do with you you reminded me of my uncle my when i was little my uncle he's only he's only like five six years older than me but he would be listening to these songs of heartache and and the loss of their you know that significant other but it was a totally fornicative relationship Mm -hmm. you know and he's just just drooling in the memories of of his you know, long lost relationship and oh man. Yes. Yes. I remember that. Not that I'm not guilty of it. Cause I'm sure I, I had my moments too. Yeah. Yeah. With music. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like listening to these musics creates, I don't know, fantasies in your mind and that you mm-hmm. keep hearing it. That's what you dwell on. Like, um, I know there's a period of time listening to, I mean, rap music. I, I like, I like beats. I like lyricism. Like that's that's what drew me in. Not the nature of the lyrics. But some mm-hmm. people like the nature of the lyrics. They like hearing mm-hmm. uh, degradation of women, sex, drugs, money, things violence. like that. Yeah. Violence. I mean, those those are common in multiple genres. But can I say that was beneficial for me as a believer? No. <laughs> Even though I'm not doing it for the lyrics. Yeah. I can't say that. The music I was listening to then was beneficial to me. Um, and so that's where the Lord will meet you. Mm-hmm. It's like, Lord, I don't really spend that much time with you. What does my day look like? What does spending time with you even look like? Do I even pray? Do I even sing to you? Do I even dwell on your word? Do I even think about you throughout the day? The answer is no. It's what am I feeling in that time then? Mm-hmm. It's not that we don't have time. You know, to spend with the Lord, it's we didn't allocate time right. to spend with the Lord. There's always time for the Lord. He is the creator of time. I'm sure <laughs> we can find an ounce of time to give to him. Mm-hmm. And so our music tastes, like we say, oh, I like this music and this is all I listen to. I can't listen to, oh, Christian music. Well, did you try? <laughs> <laughs> or did you already rule it out because it's Christian? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or is, is that it doesn't sound good like acapella? <laughs> like sing, sing it to the Lord. Like um, I can't think of a legitimate reason why you would choose songs that glorify the Lord over something that does not. As a believer, I can't. I can't think of a reason. Wait, what? Wait, wait. I mean, the other way around. My word. The other way around. The other way around. I I got it. Are you sure? Are you sure? No, 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 no. no. Go ahead. Restate it. What you really mean. For the record. For the record. (laughs) (laughs) I can't think of a legitimate reason why a believer would choose music that does not glorify God. Okay. Over music that does glorify Him. (laughs) Okay, okay. That they would prefer Hellion music. I'm not calling it Hellion music. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like the TLDR. I guess you could say that. Okay. She got it. We got it. Cool. 
Thank you, Grammarly. <laughs> <laughs> and the reason being because of how much influence music yes, has. Yes. On your emotions, so on your soul. Just everything about <laughs> you. Like the you can't go anywhere in the world that there's not music. You go to the gas station, they're playing music. Mm-hmm. They have the little screens playing. Ads, but the ads have music. That's right. You go on the elevator, there's elevator music. Mm-hmm. Um you go to a store, you might not go you might not stay in a store because you don't like the music. Listen, the store music nowadays, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I hear some stuff, I'm like, oh my word, they're playing this for children. <laughs> right. And it's just music is everywhere that I just feel as as young people, we have to like make up in our mind, all right, at least let me understand that this is not beneficial to me. Mm-hmm. Enjoy whatever, I'm not gonna judge you. I'm just you have to acknowledge that something isn't beneficial to you. Mm-hmm. Like we eat junk food. We know at the end of the day, junk food provides us little besides it, it made us happy. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it. Made you satisfied. Satisfied. Oh. There you go. <laughs> That's my spiel. Yeah. Anybody so, else can jump in. It doesn't have to be the yeah, same yeah, round yeah. robin, but just let you know. Yeah, I grew up in a very musically inclined family. It's very interesting because my mom's testimony was similar to mine in that she grew up in the church. My dad did not grow up in church. He will testify to the fact that he was out in the world and music was his God. And so then when he came to the church, and in the 90s, y'all are aware, like a lot of songs would be remixed, songs from the world that Mm -hmm. they would take in the church. And so my mom would feel fine going to these concerts. You know why? Because she had no foreknowledge of these songs, but my dad he would get bound, and he'd be yeah. like, hold on, I know this. This is not the same beat as what's-his-name song. And so um, I find it very interesting because even now in our house, I'll introduce Malachi to songs. And he's like, Amber, that don't sound like it's glorifying God. And I can get it, and I'm worshiping. I'm like, what do you mean? This is a jam. And he is like, no, I can't. But it's in reference to some of the past music that he's listened to. So I'm not going to just put it in your face because, ooh, I can listen to this and you can't. But I know I can glorify and worship the Lord in it, yet and still. Mm -hmm. But you won't do it with him? No, not typically. There you go. It doesn't doesn't bind me. It doesn't make me, for me. It would bind my daddy up. For me, it's (laughs) like, if I'm going to listen to it, just let me listen to it. Like, why are you got to blend it? That's how I feel. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's how I feel. That, yes, because that that's it's it's affecting your conscience. You understood that music in a different realm, right? Mm-hmm. And that realm, you don't want to go back to it in any way, shape, or form. You don't want to even sound like it. I understand. I understand. Right. It's like if I wanted yeah. fried chicken and I know it's unhealthy, don't give me the healthy version of fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Just give me the fried chicken. That's what I wanted. Like, that's how I feel. I got you. <laughs> I can't speak to Christian regaton, but <laughs> everything else is fair game. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Christian regaton. It's, it's mm. a real thing. It's yeah. Real thing. Okay, I guess I'll go on. So I'm a hybrid of you two. Um, for me, I grew up also in a very musically inclined family. That being said, I can only remember three main genres of music we played. It was always Christian music. Spanish music, but that wasn't necessarily my parents. That was the family. Anytime we went to a family reunion, there was salsa and merengue in the background. So I remember that. 
and classical music. That is all I remember that they would play around us. Now I come to find out later they had different tastes, like they had other tastes that I discovered myself later. Mm-hmm. And my mom and dad would be like, where did you hear this? Like, we never played this around you. How did you find this song from the 70s or something? But again, that was where just... Where did you get it from? <sighs> Everywhere. No. YouTube. <laughs> Music band. teacher in high school. Band teacher. Yeah, I was about school. to say, yeah. YouTube, band class, mm-hmm. um, even my piano teacher in middle school, mm-hmm. he introduced me to some stuff as well because some jazz chords overlap into gospel and he was teaching me church songs. Um and for me, I really appreciated music. I can say that that was something I really loved. Um, I played piano from since I was, what, five? Four, five. Um, but that being said, even though I love the instrumentation music, I do remember my parents instilled the importance of lyrics mm-hmm. in me. And this was a problem later on because I would listen to music. I'm like, it sounds great. But the lyrics are terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't listen to this with a healthy conscience. Um, and my music choices, I can definitely say by high school because I was homeschooled till eighth grade. Um, so I had a little bit of it in middle school, but high school full fledged. My friends had a huge impact on my music taste. So ninth grade year, I could even pinpoint the type of friends I had based on the music I listened to ninth grade. I was new. There wasn't a lot of people friend wise I had. So the people I hung out with the most or talked to the most is in the country. So you would find on my Spotify playlist, freshman year, there's a lot of country. But then if you go 10th grade year up into 12th grade, I had different friends. They listened to rap, hip hop, R&B. So then the songs for that year that were added onto Spotify, because you can go back and look at your history. I went back and looked at my history. Like, what was I listening to? So that was another thing that, because I was curious to see where did my um, taste change? Um, so that was definitely um, a big influence on me. And so I can, I can, it to this day, my best friend, she and I both used to listen to this type of music. And now we're both saved. I was already, I didn't have an excuse. I grew up in church. She got saved later. And we both, even now, we don't have these songs on our phone, but if it plays, we can sing and rap all the lyrics from then. And we're like, this is why we can't listen to it anymore. Um, and again, for me, a lot of the reason why, if I thought, why did you listen to these songs that lyrically you didn't agree with? I'm like, because it was cool, because my friends were listening to it. And like you, you liked the beat. The beat gets people. A lot of times the beat or the instrumentation, for me, that was one of them. Even though lyrically I didn't like it, sometimes I would just listen to the instrumental so I wouldn't feel as guilty listening <laughs> to it. That would be me. Um, and so... That all being said, um, my mom used to tell me growing up that the Lord gives us gifts, but sometimes the devil knows that and he'll try and twist it and use it for something else. So I was always told, be mindful of what you're playing on piano, be mindful of what you're singing, etc. So yeah, the music I listened to then and even now, it can influence you, like you said, moods, etc., um, you could gravitate towards certain sounds because of it. So for example, you like a lot of, I can see it with you guys' taste. You like a lot of personal story worship music. You like other types, but you gravitated to? towards, 
my father. Okay. Sorry, I'm speaking <laughs> to my father for those of you who can't see. He likes a lot of stories and music. And so there are some Christian artists such as Dennis Jernigan, Jason Upton, um, IHOP, Worship Room. Um, they put out a lot of songs that are more personal, you and God type songs. And my dad loved those. And then I learned what he used to listen to. And I don't know if he meant to, but you listen to artists in the past. I was like, ah, they're very story oriented yes, as well. Absolutely. So I would figure that out. And then my mom... It's almost the opposite. For her, she had to. You had to quit music for a while, right? When you got saved, you, or dancing, I was, dancing, I was, I was dancing. Gonna, yeah, but I was going to address stuff yeah, about so I'll, music. I'll let you hit that when you speak. But she had to fast for a period of time away from certain things, and so even now, I have no like you guys. You have no problem with the song, mm-hmm. and he does because mm-hmm. of his past and with the genre. It just doesn't sound right. Certain songs I listen to, she won't like it. She'll be like, skip it. <laughs> and I have to skip it because I have no problem with it. This literally happened last night, too. Um, and again, I just don't have that tie to it. Mm-hmm. But something I have learned that makes me understand it more is for me personally, I just recently could start listening a little bit to like Christian urban music, so to speak. But not even that much because there was someone... I met this past year who listened to it. And there were a couple songs I'm like, okay, the lyrics are good. It's not what I'm used to, but I'm actually fine. The lyrics, it's a positive message, et cetera. It's glorifying the Lord. But there are very few songs I can do that with because for me, rap, hip hop, and all of that was high school me, was not godly at all. And so for me, I can understand why the memories associated with that style of music, you may just not want to delve into that again if that was a stumbling block through you in the past. And so I understand that. And yeah. And then in terms of biblical stuff, sorry, I'm speaking a lot, but <laughs> continue. Um, in terms of biblical stuff, like Malachi said, there's a lot of instances of praise in the Bible. My mom used to champion that in our house. She encouraged praise and worship. We sang a lot as a family, um, even with Bible study, sometimes we'd open with a song, um, And so you see examples of this in Exodus when Moses and Miriam are leading uh, the children of Israel in praise to the Lord. You also see just a ton of examples in the Psalms. And a lot of songs, especially old school Christian songs, so to speak, draw from the Psalms and scriptures. Um, And yeah, and then the last verse is Hebrews 13, 15, which is an encouragement to let us offer the sacrifice of praise continually. It is the fruit of our lips giving thanks to his name. So something the Lord convicted me on that I, I do this every year. Sometimes I go through my phone, like, why do I still have this? And I have to delete music off my phone because spoiler alert, I have over 3000 songs on my phone. (laughs) I don't know what all of them are even anymore. Um, But that was a personal conviction. And then I also looked because I organized my music on my phone into folders, according to genre. And I looked, I was like, wow, I have way less Christian music than (laughs) Spanish music on here. That's a problem. Like, that type of thing. So that was a personal thing that I needed to start um, making that the default as opposed to the other music I listened to. So actually, this past August, we had a fast at the church. I was fasting all secular music. I was listening to all Christian music. That helped. So actually, that's my default. That seemed helped reset and hopefully... 
I can maintain that, but if it gets to a point where it doesn't, the Lord will convict me, as he has in the past, uh, to fix that. So, so <clears throat> I am very, music is very important in my life. And when I fasted, when I had to get away from coming into the faith, was, um, you know, the Spanish, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, I don't know, they're very big on dancing. It's like mm -hmm. a god. It really is. And so, I mean, the first thing you think of, oh, you're a Christian, you can't dance anymore. You know, it was like that thought pattern. And the Lord showed me what a strong, what a stronghold it had on my life. Um, and so <coughs> it was more that it didn't, he did I went back to where I could dance, but I didn't, it wasn't a thing. Like if I did, it was fine. I, it's not a, I'm not in bondage either way anymore. The music, on the other hand, though, the Lord showed me early on, because that's how he got me with music. Every song that played on a Christian radio station that a friend of mine told me to listen to, every single one of them grabbed my heart. And that's how God started getting a hold of me, like through music, through lyrics. And um, I learned a lot of scripture because during that time that I was coming into the faith, Hosanna Integrity was big. So I was listening to a lot of their stuff, which was scriptural based. Um, and so I wanted to instill that in my children. But what the, the, the issue in our house is my husband and my daughter like to listen to Sting and some other people. And I can hear one song, but if I hear too many, it bothers, it bothers my, it, it, it bothers me. And I don't know how to explain it to them. It's not necessarily that it's tying me back to a time. I'm just thinking, why are we listening to this? Why am I listening to this? It just, it becomes like a clanging to me. So without trying to be, you know, um, legalistic about it, sometimes I think they feel like I am. It, it is something that it's almost like clanging, gonging to my spirit. And I can't, I can't, you know, I can't. Um, I, I think the Lord showed me a long time ago that he set me apart unto him. And I don't say that for everybody else, but I do believe that the the music is a, an instrument and a tool and a weapon that he has given the body of Christ. Because through music, we um, dispel. It, there are scriptures that talk about when the children are singing, it's like um, lashes on the enemy. Um, he always had Judah in the front doing the music. When they did the Jericho march, it was the musicians. I mean, so if you look at the scriptures, the musicians were always positioned in the front line of the battle. It wasn't the, you know, the great sharpshooters because the musicians are kind of the sharpshooters to dispel the darkness. It's the Lord doing the work, but there is, I, I think we haven't, I really feel like the church still, the body of Christ, not our church, still hasn't understood the importance and the relevance of music and the praise and worship, which is why I, you know, cheer you guys on in what you do and, and pray that we that we always be led in the worship and praise that we do because it is God ministering to his people, but it's also the Lord uh, using his people in the battlefield, in, in a spiritual battlefield all the time. So I can see why the enemy is always messing around, dipping and dabbling, crossing over songs, because I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> they take a song that used to be a song and they put Christian lyrics to it and if you knew that song, like your dad, that's where your mind goes. Mm -hmm. You don't want it to, but all of a sudden you start singing that song 
the way you knew it. And, the, and you're like, why am I singing this? And for me too, that one last thing is if I hear one song from my past, I get stuck in that. It, I have to tell, I have to, uh, what Theta said, I have to replace it with a Christian song mm -hmm. because it, it'll just keep playing in my head. And I don't know why I'm built that way, but that is the way I am. It's like, if I hear a merengue that I used to dance to, um, looks like we have some company. Yeah. If I hear a merengue that I used to dance to, like a not healthy one, it'll just keep, you know, witchcraft stuff, stuff like that. And I'm like, why am I, why is this in my head? And the Lord showed me the power of it because this was way back, but it still can get triggered, you know, mm -hmm. one little trigger. So for some people, not everybody has that sensitivity. And I know that. But for me, that's why I get upset sometimes because it just will stay with me and I can't get it out of my head and I've got to battle with it and I've got to replace it and it's a lot of work. But it's okay. The Lord is teaching me how to do that. So, <clears throat> so um, you kind of reminded me um, when we uh, went to a... Uh, um, we got married in a church that wasn't our church in uh, Miami, Florida. And after we got married in that church, um, we went back to visit uh, to their thing. And some somebody was playing the guitar there, and they had a riff going. Mm -hmm. And the riff was Prince. Mm -hmm. And I immediately recognized it because I was I was yeah. a Prince fan. I knew Prince. And I said, That's, he's playing Prince, and he's playing it in the... <laughs> oh man, I, I was like, what? How can he be playing Prince in the church? <clears throat> so in some sense, I understand that, but I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a man. I'm just able to separate it out. Mm. If I hear the music, it's not like it draws me back. I mean, there there is some music that I just will not listen to. Just like I will not watch a horror movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Period, point blank. I will not watch a horror movie. There's certain music that I just will not listen to um because i guess it does you know maybe bring me back um to a place that i don't don't want to be a, a part of again um but you guys all mentioned uh this ability of of um, music to you said change and and you also use the word power and use the word influence and i actually like those words better it has the power to influence you mm -hmm. it doesn't actually change you but it has the power to move you if, in a certain direction that maybe you weren't initially going to be in so it has this ability to lift up your spirits it has the ability to to bring you down it has the ability i remember oh wow <laughs> that, that brings a bell uh i've got two scars on my knuckles and the reason why I have scars on my knuckles is because I was with two friends, uh, one guy, one girl, in my room. We were listening to a certain music, and I was getting into it, and I went and I just punched my, my uh, steel uh, closet just with as hard as I could. And so I punched that steel door. And I was listening to some music. It was hard, heavy. It was in the middle of the night, probably 1130. I don't remember what we were doing, why we were in my room, but we were in my room and listening to it blasting out. And I just nailed that door 
and then it was bleeding all over. And then we had to go to the hospital and I had to go get, you know, dealt with stitches. And I'm going to get back to what I think that song might have been um, or that genre of song uh, that came. But you all talked about a lot of common themes. And, and one of them is the ability of the music has a power to influence us. Um, and I believe that it's a tool that the enemy uses to sensitize and lull the masses into doing something that they normally would not do. It could also energize the flesh where you have this stark raving mob going to do something because it's, they're all together and then the mob, you know, the music is playing and blah, blah, kind of like a, you know, like a snake charmer, just playing the music mm -hmm. and then it's just flowing <laughs> and swaying to the music. <clears throat> so I want to bring in some scriptures because there, there, there's a, a wealth of scriptures and, I have to give uh, credit where credit is due. We came from a fellowship where we studied a lot of this and, and, and our previous pastor was very heavily involved into this um, and, and talking about the power and the influence of music on the masses and what it was doing to our society. His, his name is Clarence Harris. He produced a video called Mystery Babylon Exposed um, 30 plus years ago. And it's still applicable today, just as it was back then. And it's probably even worse now. So you can literally trace the music that I was listening to way back in the 70s and 80s. And you can trace what he was saying was going to happen, what was happening to the masses, to what's happening today. So I, I might touch upon uh, some of that here. Um, but let's start with Daniel 3, uh, 9 through 11. And it says, they spoke and said to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, harp, lyre, and psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music, shall what? Fall down and worship the golden image. And whoever does not fall down and worship shall be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. That to me is a type and a shadow of something that will be to come in the future. Um, there was, if you will, a, a king, um, some people refer to him as the Antichrist in the future, but a leader that's going to couple music with wanting you to bow down and worship his image. We can read of Ezekiel where it talks about Lucifer, the son of the morning. In Ezekiel 28, 12, and 13, it says, Son of man, take a lamentation of the king of Tyre and say to him, Thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection. You were full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was your covering, the sardis, the topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the turquoise, the emerald with gold. The workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. That's speaking of Lucifer. That's describing it. So it we, we really, until we see it, until we experience it, so we don't really understand what in the world does that mean, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes, but he was speaking of Lucifer. And then we also read in Isaiah 14, 11, and 12 that your pomp, speaking of Lucifer again, your pomp is brought down to Sheol, to the grave, and the sound of your stringed instruments 
The maggot is spread under you and the worms cover you. How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. All of this was speaking of him. And so in the circles of, of, of people that are, that are in the kingdom, there's this idea that Lucifer was somehow, some way connected to worship. Worship of God. Um, you know, and how, however you want to interpret that, however you want to state that, he just seemed to have a connection with being able to, to be a part of the music ministry, which is why music ministry should be holy in the church because it could so easily be defiled and used by the enemy to bring down the church of God. And so that needs to be maintained, that holiness of sound, of of uh, lyrics, of heart, of each individual there, because one, like leaven, could leaven the whole lump. It's, it, it has to be protected. And so let me go back to, to um, you know, myself, I listen to all different kinds of music. I share this with my daughter. Uh, just different styles. I wasn't into one particular genre. I, I could listen to almost anything. I don't think country music was. It was just Miami. It was just, it's not the South. Miami's not the South. <laughs> okay, so I really, I didn't know anybody that listened to country music. But we listened to Spanish. We listened to rap, reggaeton, hip-hop, R&B. Uh, you name it, I, I, I listened to it. I, I, I would be singing Michael Jackson songs on my own. I would be singing Madonna songs on my own. I mean, those were the big wigs back then, in the 80s and 90s. Um, but eventually, when I left high school, probably college, I listened to a particular artist. I, I won't mention his name, but he was more into industrial-type music. I don't know if you've ever heard that. And it, it would get into me. It was very energized. It was very grr, grr. And I think that might have been the song I was listening to the night that I punched this. But the, one of the lines of the lyrics of the song says this. And I think it's so apropos to the, to the topic we're talking about. It says, bow down before the one you serve. You're going to get what you deserve. That was the lyric. Mm -hmm. And I didn't notice that. I, I think it didn't impact me until I really came in, in, in a covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus that, oh, my God, I can't believe I was listening to it. I was raging, I think was the word that I use uh, with that. Um, it, is, it says in Exodus 32 that when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, this is when they made the golden calf and and uh, Moses was on top of the mountain. He said to Moses, or yeah, he said to Moses, there's a noise of war in the camp. But he said, uh, uh that's not the noise of the shout of victory, nor the noise of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing I hear. They were singing. They were celebrating when they had made this golden half. And so many times music can be tied intimately to worship. And it's something that we need to, to just acknowledge that that aspect can be in the presence of the music that you're enjoying, that you're listening to, that you're digging, that you're jamming to, all the words that we use, you know, um, the riffs, 
Like I, I, re- I recognize that Prince riff or, or the chops, you know, if it's a drum set, you know, there's a particular song that there's just this one moment and it, it's a particular song. It's a very famous song, you know, and I dig it. I just dig that, that chop. It's just a great, it's a very notable chop. Um, but again, you know, going back to, to, um, my previous pastor, I want to share with you some of the things that, that he shared so that you guys, when you listen to the podcast, you will take into consideration because what he said here is, uh, was very applicable to me and I completely understood it because I lived during the time that he was speaking about. So in one of his books, I forgot which book it, it was, um, maybe his last book, um, maybe uh, how, to study, how to Study the Bible, I'm not sure. He said, the mindless, malleable masses are easy prey. They are totally gullible. They are shamefully easy to program and pervert through the big five. You know how in church, and I'm, I'm straying off of what, what he's about to say, but in church we have what we call the fivefold ministry, mm-hmm. the prophets, the pastors, the apostles, the teachers, the evangelists. Well, the big five and what he was talking about here was education, the media, music, religion, and entertainment. That's the fivefold ministry of the world. And so then he says, this method of cultural transformation, the big five are used to, to create transformations in the culture, and they're used simultaneously, in unison, to cause people to be different than what they were raised in. It's actually, it's like, 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 uh, like um, reins on a horse. It's literally steering this stagecoach, if you will, in a certain direction, all of them, all five of them. And if you think about how education, what, what we're hearing with CRT, I've talked about this in podcasts and the different things that they're teaching our children about sexuality at a young age, it, then they're using the media to further desensitize them with Hollywood, with music, the same thing. It's always a desensitization. It's always a transformation. It's a re-education of the masses. And when you're hitting all of the areas, when you're hitting education, when you're hitting media, when you're hitting music, when you're seeing the church talk about it in ways where they're letting go of the standards of the scriptures and then entertainment is highlighting it and lofting it up to where like, oh yeah, I want to do that too. I want to be that too. It's like, you, you think about how it says in the scriptures, if it were not for the elect, Everybody would have been swayed by this message. So this method, he says, my previous pastor, this method of cultural transformation was first deployed in the 1960s. It was upon the American anti-establishment, revolutionary, white masses. And what were they hitting them with? Rock, heavy metal, new age music. I happen to think it was in more genres. I think R&B was in there too. R&B was talking about relationships and promiscuity and, and it was but mm-hmm. it was done really well really quality well which is why it was so effective you know we can laugh at that but it was effective they did it really really well you know if you wanted to to in, in a relationship you, you you play Marvin Gaye you know you play Lionel Richie you know you because that's where they were gearing towards you know so he says the globalists had to wait until the 1980s, which is my generation. 
an entire generation. So they started in the 60s, but it wasn't until the 1980s that they really were able to aggressively capture the minds and the hearts of the masses. And I'm speaking on top of this because I'm just interjecting, you know, using his material. But the reason why it was so effective, does anybody know what, what happened in the 80s that made it so effective by far, bar none, like no other generation before. Anybody know what happened in the 80s? Go ahead, take a guess. I was going to say, was there a war? No, not a war. You wouldn't know because I don't, you would, you would just like, oh God. God, God had hidden you at that time. You know, what do you think? It's still around today. Internet? Five. Internet? Four. Nope. And winner wasn't even there at the time. Three, eight, two, no. Eight. <laughs> when you said eighties, I'm like still around now. Three words. <laughs> Three words that are That's letters. MTV. Oh, I'm a part of the MTV generation. We talked about this we the MTV. Ge- the MTV was what YouTube is to today's masses. Yeah. Everybody was watching MTV. Everybody, you knew, I knew about Bon Jovi. I knew about Public Enemy. I knew about NWO. There was an NWA. NWA. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sorry. I was thinking of, yeah, yeah. But they were used to establish the NWO. So yeah, you had NWA. You had just all the gangster rap, two live crew, big in Miami, Florida. Horrible message. In every single song. There's not one song. You know, I forgot the name of the, the, the lead guy. Anyways, <laughs> it brings me back. Um, just, just horrid. But what MTV did was it put it in the forefront mm-hmm. in every household throughout the nation. You didn't have to hear it on the radio. You just pop on MTV. They even put it in a song. I want my, I want my MTV. <laughs> I mean, were you born in the eighties? I know we had MTV when we you, had, you, you and, and they probably still MTV. use it. Yeah. You know, but MTV was was promoting first and foremost music to the masses, and then it became news. Then it became like what TMZ is now. They were talking about all the music and the celebrities and and the this and that, and it just it it just it it like a mushroom of an explosion. Just it just. It went wild, 80s, 90s, all the way through. That's what, that's how I, I guess that's why it had such an eclectic style because MTV, they, they did tap into certain genres like poison. You uh, listen to the name of the, of the people, poison, white snake, uh, Def Leppard, uh, I already said Bon Jovi, but it, 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 I can name all of those, but then I can name you all of the, the, the gangster raps. LO, LO Cool J wasn't gangster rap. But LL Cool J, very popular on 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 MTV, and and who all the people that came after them, grunge music, Pearl Jam, uh, uh, gosh, I'm not blanking on it, but I I, I it, it it continued what you know our pastor said about what they started in the 1960s with rock and heavy metal and new age music, but this is how he puts it: in the 1990s, an, an entire generation to capture the black youth into this agenda. Because they needed to exploit the unchurched, dysfunctional blacks from their social created ghettos and buppies to buy into narcissistic, materialistic, existentialistic ideas of white subcultures. 
if you don't know what a buppy is, it's just the the, the well-educated black person. That was like a, a nickname for them. Now, the music choice was initially gangster and ghetto rap. That gangster ghetto rap, when, and, and if you know anything about the 80s, the 80s in California, sh- Crips and Bloods, mm-hmm. shootings literally daily, people dying daily, week after week, month after month, year after year. And then, they, of course, they made movies about how the police were trying to get a con- control and, and, and all of these things. And you still know about Ice Cube. He was originally from NWA. That, that's where he came from. Um, and later, get, get, you know, the gangster ghetto rap changed to what we now know today as hip-hop. It was rap and gangster rap. And then it really just more than it's hip-hop is now kind of in, encompassing all of these. And what did, what did all that music do? It promoted sexual deviance, violence, anarchy, rebellion to authority. You know, I mean, what no, it wasn't public enemies and NWA, yeah. F the police. Yeah. That's what they, that was their anthem. And that anthem carried on for a long time. And then we started seeing more and more movies about this rebelliousness against the authority. You know, and that's when we got cops, you know, and we had the, the Jamaican style music. And so that was like, there was that culture war, that shift. They were constantly fighting against each other. And, but you know what? And we, we saw it back then, but we see it more today. Cross-dressing. Um, what do they call the, the, the cross-dressers? No, 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 not trans. They, they dress drag like queen. drags. Mm-hmm. But you had that with 80s metal. We did. Well. Yes, yeah. we did. But now it's, it's like commonplace. You Drag queen in, in our public libraries? You would have never saw that back 20, church? 30 years ago. In New York, it didn't, there was a church. That's what I'm saying. But... <laughs> You got to understand, it didn't just happen overnight. Overnight was over 30, 40, 50 year period. Mm-hmm. It just happened incrementally. It's like two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, all throughout these years to now where it's like, what, really? Right in our public libraries, right in our church and all of these things, homosexuality, bisexuality, group orgies and fantasize and bondage, all of this stuff was promoted. And so what does Revelation 18 say? 20 through 22, rejoice over her, O heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God has avenged you on her. Who's her? A mighty angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, thus, with violence, the great city, Babylon, shall be thrown down and shall not be found anymore. And then what it says, the sound of harpist, musicians, flutist, trumpeters shall not be heard anymore nor craftsmen of any craft shall be found in you anymore. And the sound of the millstone shall not be heard in you anymore. And so he goes further on to say that the central seductive rebellious music intoxicates the rebellious. That's what it does. There's already rebellion in the heart, but that music, you start hearing that and you get a group of people together, you start doing things and you're like this raging mob out in the streets doing stuff because it it was already in you. It was. But that's only like puts you on a slippery slide so that you can just and go fast and enjoy your whole way down into to, to go to the pit of hell. He says, therefore, there is no record of apostles having convulsions, involuntary spasms or uncontrollable impulses. These emotional, spiritual experiences of the flesh have greatly discredited the true manifestations of the spirit. In the African-American Pentecostal Baptist churches, there is a long history of people shouting 
having hyperactive frenzies. And for some, they, without biblical basis, claim that these experiences are validation of being a recipient of the Spirit of Christ. Ironically, he says, this experience is found with both those who have and those who have not received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Well, how can this be? It has to be a cultural, spiritual phenomenon. It's not rooted in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. These experiences are most prominent in the churches where there's spiritual milk, that's the staple diet. The emotional hype, that's the order of the service. Get it all hyped. Also, oftentimes, the music in the church service acts as a catalyst mm -hmm. to release the emotional frenzies within the congregations. There's a lot that he said that was true. And so, blasphemy, sexual perversion, violence, occultism, Satanism, demonism, anarchy, rebellion to all forms of authority, suicide. If you haven't seen MTV, thank God. Because today... I forgot the name of the person. The only reason I know about it is because I listen to podcasts. Some, I think he's a black rapper. He was literally having a homosexual relationship with Satan. Like mm. that was it. Oh, oh no. I don't yeah, remember his name. It's, it's I don't even know him. Not even gonna say no. No, don't even bother. No, it's okay. But <laughs> we know what you're talking about. Yeah. That would be hard pressed to see. That would be a rarity to see. Matter of fact, the only person I think might have looked like that or might have done something like that, although it was never homosexuality, Ozzy Osbourne. Um, 30 years ago, 40 years ago. But that? Oh my gosh. And then, you know, what we've seen with the, the over-sexualization of, of people who started out in Disney. Mm -hmm. And I'll leave it at that. They started out in Disney. You would think, kosher. <laughs> not, not 5, 10, 20, 15 years down the line. And so I say all that to say that what we're trying to do is to get you guys to think and stop acting, to get you guys to reconsider what are these things that you are filling yourself with? Mm -hmm. Because that's what it is doing. It's filling you with something. It's like a seed. You don't want tares. You want seeds that are going to bring forth fruit when the time is right for it to mature and so that you can be a blessing to others. But I, I, I'm a testimony that the more I fed myself this hard, hate-filled, rage-filled, wrath-filled stuff, the more I acted out in a way that was rage and wrathful, which is why I got stitches in my knuckles. That was a wrathful moment. It was rage. The word for me in that moment, because my mom had died, I was still mad, really mad at her, mad at my whole situation, and it was, the word for me was rage. It was like rage boiling up in me. I was just really, really unhappy and dissatisfied. And so we have to be careful because the power of music to influence us is, it, it can't be ignored. We have to really take it seriously. Yes. Yeah, I want to speak on that because I actually sure. have a personal experience with this. Okay. Like I said, a lot of the music I listen to, peer pressure, et cetera, but also emotions. I was very much a pessimist in high school. Very much the music no, I listened to. really? <laughs> the music I listened to often reflected my emotions. So while, for example, I was in a school where my dad was a teacher and I was always taught that your actions not just reflect you, but the family and others that you associate with. Amen. So I was very careful of what I said or how I acted because I knew it could circle back. But also... 
that did stop me from listening to music that expressed those inner emotions. So I had a lot of music I remember which were rage filled. Mm. I definitely remember certain songs that expressed emotions I had towards specific people in high school that I would never say it to their face. I may have had to be with them in a club or in a class or play with them in soccer. I just would never say it to them, but mm-hmm. I'd be listening to it uh, before I had to go to that club meeting or before I had to go to practice or something just like mentally, I guess I thought I was fortifying myself. Um, and I'm, prefer- I'm pretty sure that before you actually said it out loud to them, mm-hmm. you had imagined it. Ah, uh, yeah. You had heard it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, but there was a moment, I remember this was a rebellious act. I was very angry. Um, and I don't know what possessed me, but there's a specific song I was listening to and I wanted to learn it. But I think, again, because I was rebellious, I especially wanted to learn it because I knew it was a song you both hated that you both had told me this is a terrible song by this band. It is a terrible message. Um, Not even curse words. It's just the message itself is very dark. And I went and I learned the entire song on piano. And I would stay up late at night because I had to study. (laughs) And those were my breaks. I guess that was the forbidden fruit for you. Yes. So I will say, you didn't catch me, but you would ask me, why are you banging on the piano? Because I had headphones in playing this song and I would be banging I guess so loud that he would come over he's like what are you doing I'm like that's just a song (laughs) I'm trying to figure out but you may remember this eventually it did come out because this became a song that people in my band class or friends or people would want to hear if I was at a piano they're like you could play this song let's play it and it was one of those songs where you're bopping your head and the hair is waving and everything. So I played it at a soccer end-of-season party, and you weren't there. But as I was playing the song, you walked in the door to pick me up and take me home. And in the car, you said... I do remember <laughs> yes. that, yes. <laughs> and you said in the car, was that that song? I was like, yes. I don't even think you addressed it. I think you knew, just I was sitting so like, oh my god, what is he going to say? And I didn't. No, it's not that I knew. It's not that I knew. Is that what I knew was me knowing was enough for you. Yes. Okay. (laughs) He did a lot of that. Anyway, so at some point, though, I got convicted. I don't remember when, but I said, I I can't play that song again, even though I I can play. And that's probably the hardest piano song technically that I've learned. And I actually am proud that I taught myself it. I can't play it because of the message and of the time that came out of. But I remember specifically, that was a song that I would play whenever I was angry. I'd go to the piano and play that song. And so I completely understand where that came from. Yep, that was something that I did. Unfortunately, you inherited that from me. Well, I didn't even know I did until now. But, yeah. Anyone else have anything to add to this topic? Musica. All right. Well... What else do we have? Amber had some. Oh, you did? Oh, my word. (laughs) Go ahead. Oh, my. Okay. So, honestly, I was just going to quote our pastor, and something that he acknowledges a lot is making a covenant with different gates, whether it be our eyes, whether it be our ears, what we take in our body. And that's what all I kept hearing as we were having this conversation. So, as we talk about music, what are we introducing into this, our temple, or the Lord's temple? As we proclaim to be a living sacrifice to the Lord that's holy and acceptable, what are we putting in our bodies? Is it filth, like you were talking about? And so, 
even in my studies, just remembering, okay, so how do I even get more faith? Oh, faith come by hearing, hearing the word of God. And so during my high school years, I took that to heart. I was like, okay, well then I'm only going to listen to Christian music. That's what I felt like I needed to do. That's what the Lord convicted me in. And it was a beautiful time. You know why? My thoughts were bent on the Lord. Not all the time, 24-7. I was still very much human. But for the most part, I noticed this drastic difference that I was glorifying God in my words, in my speech. I didn't get angry as quickly. It was just a beautiful time. And so I thank the Lord for that. But then, you know, you get into these stages of rebellion, and I had a similar story. It was, oh my goodness, it was my senior year, and I made a video of, like, all the players and all the cheerleaders. You have to have music with it. And so I'm still the PK, but I'm like, okay, that's fine. I know I can't have all the worldly music in it, but I can at least use the instrumentals. And my dad found (laughs) out. (laughs) And I was so upset. I was like, well, the song for my pictures is still a Jesus song, but everybody else, it's like a song that they like. It's just the instrumental. He said, you will not be submitting that. And I cried. I cried and cried and cried because I spent so long. So then I tried to find, like, Jesus Christian rap songs that kind of sounded like the world (laughs) but it was the instrumental but nevertheless I realized it's important to have a breakdown of what I was feeding my spirit Mm -hmm. and so now that um well excuse me I'm gonna backtrack so even when it came to love songs I would only listen to them if they were wholesome and if this might sound weird but if I could relate it to my relationship with God. And if I couldn't do that, and it was parts of the songs that was like (laughs) off the walls, then I said, oh, that ain't for me. That ain't for us, Jesus. That's okay. And so I was able to get by with that. So now where there is a season of my life where I can listen to this stuff, and it's okay with my husband, and I'm thinking about him, it's kind of bizarre still. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can listen to this and. It's about love and what I'm allowed. and But there's a beauty to that because it's not tied to other relationships. Mm-hmm. I know for my dad, there were certain songs he couldn't listen to because it was tied to somebody else that was not his wife. Yeah. And it would bring up certain things. And so, I'm, I don't know. That's my, yeah. Little, yeah. my little tidbit about it. Um, That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. Thank you. Yeah. Did you have something? <laughs> oh, okay. Thus is the ministry of our Father's heart through us. Our utmost desire is to be in the Father's heart, to know the Father's heart, and express the Father's heart to you. If you appreciate listening to this podcast and we're blessed, pass it along to someone else by text, email, or word of mouth in the hopes that they might be positively impacted as you were. If you are interested in supporting our efforts, we would ask you to consider the following. One, pray for us. Two, Leave a positive rating or review with whomever you listen to our podcast with. And three, if you desire to contribute monetarily, you can do so at paypal.me slash jbenjesus or cash app dollar sign jbenjesus or Venmo jbenjesus. That's J-B-E-N-J-E-S-U-S. God bless.